Yes, the Navy Blues won seven games uh, during the course of the season. Completely shocked me, but uh, maybe didn't shock their CEO, Stephen Trigg. Good morning, Stephen. G'day, KB. It's great to be with you on a pretty miserable morning outside. The coffees are hot in here and it's all good. <laughs> I want to ask you about the Western Bulldogs first up. Uh, are they an inspiration for clubs like Carlton that, you know, within two years when they look like they maybe were a basket case that they've played finals over the last two years and now maybe shooting for a shot in the grand final? I think there's a bit in that. I do. I, they've, they've pulled it together really well and... I feel like they're a couple of years ahead of us in terms of a really solid program. Um, I said to you off air just be, before that uh, I'll be really candid about it. When um, late in 2014 the fixture came out, um, you know, my first year at Carlton and we're season pending, and and you do you, there's a bit of human nature in. Um, I hope we play the Bulldogs twice because they look as though they're in trouble. And um, and uh, as it turned out, they were spectacularly good and have gone on with it. Um, and that, maybe St Kilda? And St Kilda. I, th- I think both those clubs have done a terrific job of having a really clear plan, um, holding their nerve with that, going to the draft and doing it well, and then starting the to top up. And obviously a great cultural underbelly as well. So, no, they've done a great job. It's, um, it, it's you say, inspiration. I think it's a good template for, mm. um, for, for clubs that want to rebuild. I was saying the other day, in fact, I did a take on it that I reckon the AFL, even though they're heavily involved, of course, with the Giants, but they, they wouldn't mind the Bulldogs doing well and maybe going through to the grand final, even winning a grand final, because to me that enforces and, and pushes home their, their thinking that you know there's equality in AFL football, and if you get it right at club level, you get good administration, mm. get good... Um, good coaches in, uh, you've got the opportunity through the draft and free agency, it can work for your club. Yeah, well it's easy for me to say KB, I mean, Bulldog supporters out there would love to go all the way, but even if they don't even if it's stopped on uh, Saturday afternoon, Saturday evening they've had a great ride, mm. you know, their improvement is uh, is very measurable as Carlton's has been this year by the way, not as uh, uh, not as uh, high in its rise, but um, but, but they, they would be, I would think very, very pleased with the way that they're progressing. Mm. Stephen Triggers joins us, Carlton CEO. Stephen, I just wonder whether or not you've whetted the appetite too much for Carlton fans going into 2017. <laughs> mm. One stage, you won four games on the trot. There was uh, six some, out of seven. Some mm. people, six out of seven. Some people were talking about playing finals even mm. for Carlton in in 2016. <laughs> uh, yeah. Do you look back and think, well, there's going to be a huge expectation next year? So do we just have to sort of water it down a little bit for Carlton fans? Uh, I think Carlton fans, our fans are. Are very realistic and, and all the feedback we get is there's an understanding if I was to um, summarise just a quick look in the rear vision Mary, I mean, 2015 everyone knows in, in footy um, and especially our people know that there was an enormous amount of change a seismic change really on and off the field in terms of personnel and a whole range of things that we we shook up at Carlton. And then 2016 was always going to be a year of, okay, let's start to grow now. We've got things in the place. We've got enormous change. We've changed at the board, change at uh, management level, coaching, list turnover, really clear plan about going to the draft for the next two or three years. Let's start to grow. And so we went into the season looking for growth, looking for continued unity against the backdrop that we'd had. And and I think on reflection, KB, and I, and, I, and I feel like all of our people do get this, is that the growth was there. It went from four to seven wins, but we stiffened up the team. We were harder to, harder to play against. Mm. Uh, I think besides the seven wins, there was another five or so that we lost by less than two kicks, less than two goals. The percentage was, interestingly, I, I put that down as a, a real bit of growth for the year. You know, we were harder to play against, harder to score against. We had a couple of shockers, as every club does. But we... 
but we were better. Mm. We were certainly better. Now, I, I think at seven wins, most of our supporters, our members, would, would know that the job's still ahead of us. We still need to go back to the draft the next couple of years. We, we may or may not improve on those seven wins. Who mm. knows? But if we keep growing the depth in our list and growing the games into our young guys, as you've seen with the Bulldogs and St Kilda, we're just talking about it, it comes together. And it can come together quite quickly. Mm. Um, but I think there's a very realistic understanding of where we're at and where we need to go. Now, you, you talked about the draft. Uh, most people would, would think that you nailed the draft, uh, the last draft. Uh, you've got Charlie Curnow, yeah. you've got... Harry Mackay that we haven't really seen apart from a little cameo performance, but uh, you know at six foot six or six foot seven, everyone pretty delighted when he came on and kicked that goal. I think in that game against Essendon in the NAB Challenge game, uh, and Wheatering, of course, uh, was an absolute star. Uh, you just signed into a four-year deal. And may like to expand on that for us as well. And Jack Silvani coming into the side uh, probably probably showed a little bit more than what people mm. thought Jack Silvani was going to show in 2016. So I heard you talking before about a bit of romance left in yeah, there, a bit was, of romance. there was romance, mm. a bit of romance. Father, uh, I reckon there's room for a bit of romance in football, don't you think? Absolutely, there is. Uh, no, no doubt at all. And what about his, uh, his younger brother? He's supposed to be pretty good too, isn't he? I think the two younger brothers are in, in pretty good shape. Um, but no, we were pleased. You've got a smile on your face when you say that. <laughs> no, there's more father well, and sons coming here. There are, I think. And Stephen, um, Stephen is very understated but very bubbly about it. So as not to um, put the jinx on, on Sauce, uh, uh, what he did last year, just to go back to your question, was outstanding in terms of getting us uh, four picks inside 20 and basically with a father-son, a, a fifth. So I'd, I'd, I think we confidently say, KB, at the moment, that all five, we didn't see Harry Mackay, but there's a real confidence in his ability to, to step up with another summer. But all five um, will be players, right? Mm. And we played another seven that came to us from other clubs as youth, generally as youth, and they all made a very good contribution and we feel like they can make further contributions. So there's 11 that made a, a start with Carlton. So you talk about growth, there's some more. It's really, really important though now, and I'm backing Sauce to do this, to go back to the draft with these people and get it right again because we just need to keep growing that depth. Um, we now know that Marchbank wants to come to us. We know he's a So he's actually nominated so. Carlton, has he? He's nominated Carlton and, uh, and we're wrapped about that. Uh, we... We've now got to try and get the deal done, uh, but um, he will add to us uh, really significantly. Now, tell, tell Carlton fans and, uh, about Marchbank. Uh, what I've heard from people up in the Giants when he, he's injured his shoulder, and I mean, do you see him as a key position player, someone playing down back uh, for Carlton? Because I was told by people at the Giants that if he was 100% fit, he'd be in their best side, mm. their very best side. Now, obviously, he wants to come back and he's nominated Carlton, so if you can pick him up, it'd be a great... Great get for Carlton. Well, at 195 odd centimetres, um, and for so he's a genuine key, key position that's, player. That's akin uh, to Paddy Cripps. Yeah, uh, he's got some flexibility about him. The easy thing to say would be play off half back to start with, but he hasn't quite been able to, with a couple of niggles, be, be able to break into a, a, a rapidly rising side. Uh, but he was taken at pick six. Um, he's real talent. He's very flexible, and um, and he'll add to our. our, our it, what 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 is important for us at the moment is we have some needs, yeah. Uh, besides just adding generally to the depth, we have needs in just adding a bit to our key position um, strength forward mm. and back, and to generalise some hybrid mids. We're we're not badly off on the inside mids, but hybrid mids who can run and play forward, and so that might give mm. Carlton supporters a little bit of an insight as to where our prioritisation. Might be, but what would you give up for someone like a Marchbank? A Marchbank? 
Uh, well, you said he was a pick six in the draft, and obviously he's highly touted youngster. Well, GWS are listening. Um, at some stage they'll be listening, but uh, we wouldn't give up pick five. Uh, they'll probably want it, but we wouldn't. We wouldn't be going there because it's important for us to stay high in the draft. Um, but we'll try and find another way for it to happen. Um, Stephen did that last year with a, a, a multi-pronged transaction, and, uh, and I suspect that's the way it'll be again. What about some people suggest, uh, you know, that for Carlton to, you know, get some of these best young kids and continue to draft well, you've got to offload some of your, you know, and stars. Mark Murphy even gets mentioned as, as the skipper. Mm. Uh, Bryce Gibbs' name comes up all the time. You know, is it time to, you know? You make a big decision. Someone like Bryce Gibbs uh, is used, and you, you get, you know, high draft picks in, and then you can sort of regenerate, you know, the the whole club again. Is is that just too drastic? Uh, potentially, there's, we, there was a fair um, element of that last year, wasn't there? Yeah. Uh, Yaron, Henderson, Menzel, Bell, yep. uh, etc. So, uh, to some extent, there's a, there's a there's an element of us also settling down with. You, you need to keep a strong. Uh, element of seniority and structure to keep you stiff in terms of your team um, and we've been very careful about this not to go uh, too far in terms mm. of the uh, the element of youth can't lose your fabric we, of your club can, can you, you can't lose the fabric of your club nor indeed the just being uh, the seniority that's on the ground that, that it just keeps a level of uh, calm and, um, and and toughness and competitiveness mm. and experience out there so um you know we're exploring all options, but you do need you do need your senior boys up and going. And um, notwithstanding last year, we made some changes to that. Uh, we think we can get there without uh, too much of a big bang theory. Is Mark Murphy okay? Uh, I mean, he missed uh, what last twelve or thirteen games. Uh, he's fine. He got very very close to being able to resume at the end of the season, and we heard on the side of caution. We'll take a break. We're coming back. Stephen Triggers joining us, Carlton CEO. Welcome back. It's 23 minutes uh, past 10, and uh, Carlton CEO Stephen Triggers joined us. Uh, a lot of SMS are saying, well done, Triggy. Great year. That's from Rick and Brisbane. Uh, also, uh, just love what Triggy's done down at Carlton. Keep up the good work. Uh, please ask Stephen Trigg about Tom Mitchell. A lot of people yeah. asking about Tommy Mitchell. Is he likely to turn up at Carlton? Uh, well, I'd love to just be put all the cards on the table but with Mitchell I mean Marchbank's different because he's declared his hand but mm. you know you get asked about Mitchell and next thing it'll be about James Stewart James Stewart's and another one they want to yeah. talk about so I reckon for those teams that are still involved um, it's a it's not a particularly courteous thing to be talking about their their players all I do is reiterate the fact that um, both those examples are good examples of hybrid mids or you know flexible key forwards that you, you know we need so with Stephen and, and the recruiters are in a lot of discussions at the moment, um, but to speak publicly about which ones we're right into, I think just at the moment it's a bit premature for those those teams still competing. Stephen Triggers joined us, uh, the Carlton CEO. Stephen, uh, it does seem to me that there's going to be a lot of a uh, lot of players shifting clubs. Uh, we're, I think so. It's, it's, it's going to be massive this year with a number of clubs uh, and players who seem to mm. want to do deals and get out and move. Uh, Dion Prestia has already announced that uh, you know Richmond's his club. I'm hearing that. You know, large sums of money are being paid for Dion Pressure over, you know, a number of years. years yeah. You know, maybe up to four years, but large sums of money. Heard last night Mark Stevens going on Channel 7 was suggesting that uh, Adelaide, a big rumour is that $6 million on the table for five years uh, for, for Dustin Martin. We're talking mm. big, big money. And yeah. uh, we know Tommy Boyd went from the, the Giants to the Bulldogs for over, you know, a million bucks a year and he's only played a handful of games. So mm. is, it, is this a problem? Uh, I mean, football clubs usually can make sensible decisions 
sense, but are we getting to a stage now where some football clubs are getting a little bit desperate and therefore, you know, it might make it hard for other clubs because some of those deals that we're hearing about might be just, um, well, maybe not the most sensible deals. Mm. Uh, I'm not sure it's desperate, more um, uh, more some really high priorities being put on certain types of players across the competition at the moment. Uh, just a couple of bits of perspective, though. I mean, always at this time of the year, there's all sorts of rattling around about, mm. um, you know, which player's going where. And, uh, and I heard on the grapevine, and I'm, I'm sure it's going to happen. There's an element of um, the rumour mill grinding away. But I do say, as you just did, this year there's going to be a lot of movement. Um, I, I know there is, and I know there's some big money being offered for uh, certain individuals to, to to gouge them out and get them to move. Do you scratch your head and think, well, uh, a little bit? And that's where it's how, really. How, how can we do that? Well, it's really important for us at the moment. And I talk to when I say this to again our supporters is that you know it's really really important for us that we don't trick ourselves and um, and overspend in one spot and go that's going to fix us because we just we we're still after building a sustainable depth in in what we're doing there'll be a time in the next year or two where where it's our turn but uh, just for us at the moment it's the depth um but what i do think though kb and when you talk about that i tell you what came came into my mind straight away is i don't know where the afl is up to with their negotiations with the players association but i know that the, the players association were banging away wanting to lower um, the threshold for free agency and oh, seriously, well, down to six years, wasn't it? Well, yeah, but there can't be a case for that with the amount of uh, movement that uh, happened last year and is pending this year, and players nominating where they want to go and generally getting there. I, I, I really, I can't imagine that there could be any room to move on that one. So, the players, I think, um, are as, as have as much flexibility to move as any time in uh, the history of the mm. game. So, is it fair to say that? If any player all of a sudden, doesn't matter whether he's got a two-year contract or a one-year contract, if there was a Carlton player on a two-year contract and he came to you and said, you know what, I don't want to play at Carlton, I want to go and play in Brisbane, uh, I've had a good offer to go to Brisbane, uh, I want to go and live in Brisbane, I want to go and play yeah. in Brisbane, it's pretty hard to say, no, we're, we're going to keep you and you're going to play for us because if he says, well, I don't want to play, mm. it's, it's very difficult, isn't it? I mean, oh, how do you keep on a, a disgruntled player who says, I want to leave? So the whole thing's changed, hasn't it? Uh, contracts yeah, and all yeah. that sort of stuff. Yeah, it's an unfortunate... I think the only way I could describe anymore. it, it's an unfortunate reality. And I'm, and I'm, just, I'm just trying to remember, I might get this wrong, but I think Tom Bell was, for example, to, to, yep. as you're saying that, Tom Bell, I'm pretty sure, was contracted. But, you know, a family m- member unwell and going back to... fourth and the best in fairness. Back to where, where he grew up is... Is not an unreasonable scenario for you, as long as what you're getting back the other way um, is sufficient conversation yeah. and uh, and fits your plan and where you're going to go. So it's a bit of an unfortunate reality because you'd you'd like to think that there is a, a rock solid um, binding approach to a, a tenure that's mm. agreed. But it's yeah, it's an unfortunate reality that, that, that things change. Contract's not really a contract now, is it? Uh, for, for both ways. I mean, clubs have players on contracts and they'll offload them and uh, players are on contracts and they'll say, well, I don't want to play here anymore. So uh, I think you're yeah. right. I think uh, the ability for players to move now, uh, there's nothing can stop any player from moving. It's a, look, it's a bland thing to say, but it's, it's so vital um, to have uh, a, a really well-understood um, approach to your plan and your list build and so forth that the players understand um, to develop a great culture that they want to stay in um, to get your remuneration structure right so that uh, you, you know you're not overpaying in one area and you can keep the players that you want to keep um, including for example you've raised before a weedering so um, it, uh, 
I think the simple conclusion of that is clubs have to be better and better and better at what they're doing all across the board to keep players given their flexibility of movement. What about um, Johnny Barker? There's talk that Johnny Barker, uh, I think Greg Venom Denham told us this morning, he feels he's slightly in front of uh, of Chris Fagan to be the, the coach of the of the Brisbane Lions. Um, Johnny Barker, because obviously he was coaching Carlton and uh, was in the mix uh, when Bren Bolton got the job. Uh, have you spoken to Johnny Barker about the fact that uh, he could be off to Brisbane? Uh, a couple of times. And uh, I, we, we, if he goes into a senior role, the usual line is, and, and it's, it rings true, is that we'd be very supportive if he got a senior role. Uh, we'd love him to stay because he's uh, very important to us. But if he got a senior role, how on earth could you stand in his way? He's ready to coach. Um, he he presented and we saw him in the last half of last year and he presented so well and ran the Carlton role uh, very close. So uh, we would be supportive of it. We would certainly endorse him. Um, I don't know where, uh, and I don't know that he knows um, exactly where he's in in the race, mm. um, but uh, I know that there's discussions going on there, and that's with our blessing. So long as we're informed, we're we're, we're fine with it. What about the the two finals games uh, this weekend? You've seen all those sides during the course of the year. I know there's some yeah. players you're interested in playing finals. You mentioned Tom Mitchell's one. James Stewart is another player who not in their side at the moment, but uh, who knows? Uh, maybe you can get a call up if, uh, if you know some of those people go down. But how how do you see that game between the, the Bulldogs? and the Giants and also Sydney and Geelong? Well, first one pretty fast. <laughs> um, they play at breakneck speed, don't they? Uh, ball movement and, and by foot. Um, I, I just don't know about the Saturday afternoon one. Uh, the Bulldogs' ride has been incredible, but when you're playing against a freshened side, and in particular Geelong, who have... I mean, there's no rocket science in this. Geelong have been sitting there for a fortnight freshening up and getting ready and they're playing a side that's banged up on a six day break and travelling there's, there's, there's no logic to Sydney winning other than the enormous heart they bring to it so you know um, wherever you go people say to you who do you think and I actually think Geelong I think Geelong are in the box seat at the moment um, mm. but, uh, but but who knows It's uh, there have been some surprises so far haven't there mm. what about the bye uh, uh, leading in a lot of people were very critical of having a bye some people say that uh, it's it's produced some great performances in the finals. I don't I don't think any of us think the Bulldogs would have beaten West Coast if they had played straight after round twenty three. If uh, no, I agree with what's that. your thoughts on 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 the buy now as a leading um, administrator? Well, when it was uh, announced that we were going to do it, I felt it was a knee jerk reaction to um, you know what North Fremantle did last year yeah. they had done, and, and ironically this year you probably wouldn't have got that scenario because of the closeness of the spots in the eight. So I, I didn't like it, um, and I'm happy to say, even I said to Gil, I think you're mad. It's, um, it just doesn't seem to make sense. But I'll be honest, is that uh, as it's unfolded, that first week of finals, so frenetic, freshened teams, um, you know, the celebration of a whole bunch of things in that, 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 uh, that break in between, hmm, maybe we should have another look at it before uh, putting it in mothballs. It, um, the, only, the, only thing that, the only thing for me, and, I, and again, I know there's no rocket science in this and it will have been discussed before, is that I just think that what it does, given the Bulldogs' example, is that it doesn't give such an advantage to, to, the, to the consistency and your performance through the year and finishing high. Let's say you're finishing top like Sydney did. I just don't think it's giving them quite the advantage that uh, it now does when like, you can rest, as the Bulldogs did, and reload yeah. off some travel. When really the game, as I've heard you say, is about attrition and just Fatigue. grinding, Fatigue. grinding through and rewarding the teams that have been up the top. So that, that's the only thing. But in every other way, the weekend seemed to work. And I'd be surprised if the AFL didn't have another look at it. Uh, just one more player that uh, coming off the SMS is uh, they want to know about Carlton fans, Zach Tui. 
We'd like Zach to stay. Uh, he's got a very healthy three-year deal in front of him. Um, and like a bunch of players around the competition at the moment, I think he's just weighing up his options, which is not unreasonable. Uh, but we want him to stay at the footy club. He's been very durable, um, very strong, uh, senior player. So I know there's a couple of clubs who are having a conversation with his management, but uh, we'll see where that one lands. We'd like him to stay. OK, a three-year de- deal on the table for Zach Tui. Always great to catch up, Stephen. Thanks, Thanks for mate. joining enjoy us the and chat. enjoy the rest of the finals.